having challenges delegating to a direct report? Well, in this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you how to use situational leadership style in six simple steps to help you become a situational leader. Welcome to Business Leaders Coach, where we educate, enable, equip, and empower you to become the best leader you can be. My name is Toya Shimbi, founder of Business Leaders Coach. We work with CEOs and leadership teams that are moving from startup to scale up. And on this podcast, I bring you practical steps that you can apply in your leadership today. We draw wisdom from some of the best business books bring on guests in business and authors as well. And you can go to businessleaderscoach forward slash podcast, subscribe so we can send each episode and any templates or tools that come with subsequent episodes. Now, typically when I get approached or I'm having conversations with leaders of companies, the conversation usually goes in the direction of how do I get my direct reports to take ownership, take more responsibility, or how do I motivate my team? I want my direct reports to take initiative, or how do I develop them into leaders? Now, nine times out of 10, I normally know the answer. And if I ask, well, are you familiar with situational leadership? Now, I usually get the response, oh, yeah, yeah, I I, I know of situational leadership. And then when I ask, are you applying it? Uh, I then normally get, um, mm, could you just remind me what it is again? That's typically what happens. (laughs) And uh, now in my 20 years of training leaders and coaching leaders, there, there was one, if there's one leadership approach that a leader needs to master, it would be situational leadership. And so, In this episode, I want to simplify it. Uh, That's why I'm calling this how to use situational leadership style in six simple steps. Now, this is going to be part one and two. So I'm dividing this into two parts. This is part one of the episode. And uh, the next episode will be coming out if you're listening to this as it's being published. And if you're listening to this you know, later on, obviously, you just go to, to Business Leaders Coach and you find the second part. But I do believe that this will go a long way in helping you, your team. And if you are listening to this, you might want to also send this to your manager or your leader, or your CEO, because it will revolutionize your entire business because this is the one common issue that is going on. So let me explain a bit more about situational leadership if you're not familiar with it. If you haven't heard about it, uh, let me give you a bit of history. Situational leadership is a model, it's a framework created by Paul Hesse and Kevin Blanchard. They developed it while working on management of organization behavior. It was first introduced in 1969. That's the year that I was born. As, uh, As life cycle theory, of leadership and then later on the next year 1970 it became known as situational leadership model now since then paul and ken they've developed slightly different approaches to it but the overall end goal is still the same the one i am more familiar with is with ken blanchard's um, framework but as i said they cover the same content and the 
context around it is still the same. It's a very visual concept. Uh, it comes up, there's a diagram that explains it. Just by you looking at the diagram, you will understand. So I will place an image of the concept right at the bottom of the show notes on my website. So you can go to businessleaderscoach.com forward slash situational leadership for this episode 35. So you can then see what it looks like. Now, if you're not able to do that right now, don't worry. I am going to be as descriptive as possible that you can just understand this just by you even taking notes. So what I found is that leaders understand the concept. Whenever I've delivered this, nobody's ever said that they didn't understand what this looked like or whether it was beneficial. There was no, I've never seen anybody say, I don't get this or this is not going to be helpful. What I have seen is that people, when you come back to them and say, how is it going? They they seem to find it hard to implement. And that's what I want to do on this podcast. I really want this to be so actionable. So I am skipping a few things, the details around things. So those who really know the content will know that I am, in a way, creating a more how-to version of this uh, so that you understand. Now, it is a very important part of your leadership development and also because of the rights i'm just have to explain it in a way that um, you can simply understand the principles around it so as i said it's a very visual concept so you can go to uh, my website you'll be able to see the image there and uh, but in this podcast let's get more practical right so what i want to do in this podcast is Uh, is to give you maybe the questions that you need to be asking yourself and your direct report that will help you apply situational leadership. You know, to get a quick overview of this concept, you can also buy and read the book. It's a very small book. It's called The Leadership and One Minute Manager. That's by Ken Blanchard. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So, The questions that you need to be asking yourself are quite simple and I'm going to break it down so that you can implement this even today, even today. And so typical challenges, right, uh, that people face when it comes to this is not realizing that it's not something that you do alone. So as I go through this, at some points you're going to perhaps have, at least for now, have your direct report in mind okay so you need to have a direct report in mind somebody that you're actually working with because that way it will give it more meaning so one of the things to first understand is that situational leadership is not to be used in every situation right that there are some criterias that are important for you to know when to use it and when not to use it so let me give you the conditions when not to use this approach. Okay, so number one, it's when what your direct report is doing is something that you are not an expert of. You know, in today's world of matrix management, perhaps you have somebody underneath you that is an expert in their field. Well, that this is not the time to use situational leadership. There is an approach within the situational leadership model that I'm going to focus on that 
perhaps you can leverage on, but the entire approach is this is not to use for that kind of person. If you are the CEO and you have a CIO, a CFO, they are experts in their field, this is not the approach to use with them. Okay. The second is when the task that your direct report is doing, what they're doing has changed massively since when you did, did it. You know, we are now living in, a, in an age where things are changing rapidly. Perhaps it's something that you used to do, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago when you were analog, but it's all gone digital now. Don't try to use this because what you are calling expertise level is, is expired. So these are the sort of conditions that you should always bear in mind when and when not to use this situational leadership approach. So let's go through some of the most important things that you need to understand. So we're going to talk about three things, first of all, that you need to understand about situational leadership. Number one, these are really important things. And whenever I train this, I almost like say, I beg you, just take this. I mean, like really take this seriously. Number one is situational leadership is always based on individual tasks. So what this means is that you should not bundle tasks or call the person. We're going to get into what's called development levels and you do not package that whole person under one development level. Okay, You have to break it down into tasks. So it is important that the role or project uh, you want this person to take ownership of is first broken down into incremental tasks. So, for instance, if you're a CEO, manager or managers and you are working with a manager, right, then you need to break down the tasks of what you want this person to be able to do. OK, so let's think about some typical tasks that a manager should be able to do. Number one, set clear goals. We can say set clear expectations, how to run a team meeting, how to conduct one-to-ones with their direct reports, how to set vision for the team. You can see that we've broken all these things down into tasks. So all these are individual tasks and they are to be distinct. One that you give it a name and you and your direct report, you both understand what that is. This is the reason why situational leadership can cut across, doesn't matter what industry, because you can always break things down into tasks. So that's number one, right? So these are the th three things to always remember about situational leadership. Number two, situational leadership measures both competence and commitment. So what this means is that what you need to assess is you need to assess the individual on each task, on how competent they are, and also how committed they are on these tasks. Now, commitment is usually based on the person's confidence in doing the task or their motivation. Now, most of the time, if the person is doing the task for the first time, they might be highly motivated to learn it. But obviously, because they are not competent they don't know how to do it and so that motivation can fall rapidly in a short amount of time it could lead to frustration and so understanding that those are the two elements that you are thinking about when it comes to this individual on the task are they competent 
and are they committed? Okay. Now, we're already beginning to see some of these sort of challenges just by even highlighting this because one of the things that you begin to see is that what does being competent mean? And that's, the, that's an area that you are going to need to really clarify. So that will come up in the steps that I'm going to mention. Remember, I'm going to give you six simple steps. So that's going to come up down the line. Number three, situational leadership must involve both you and the individual in the process. Uh, you see, situational leadership is a collaborative approach, right? That the individual that you are working with, they must partner with you. They must see that this is for their own benefit. And typically, again, what happens is because we train managers um, in their own way, Right, we train managers, we take them away and then we train them and then they come back into the office or whatever and say, oh, yes, I think I understand this. And then they try to apply it without an agreement with the individual. That's part of the reason why it doesn't work. So situational leadership definitely is a partnership approach, a collaborative approach. And we're going to go through the, the steps that will help you to understand how that works. OK, so. Let's now get down into the nitty gritty. So we're going to use some uh, numbers. Again, if you go to businessleaderscoach.com forward slash situational leadership, you see the diagram. But if you can't right now, as I said, don't worry, because I'm going to try as much as possible to use simple numbers so that you understand how this works. Let's assume that you are working with your manager. You as the CEO or leader, you're now looking to delegate tasks to this manager in fact you're scaling up your business the typical example which means that you have been overseeing a particular area of the business and now you're trying to replace yourself and so you really want this person to head up maybe this department or this team so in a way you're working your way out of this role right so that's the that's the good example it's something that you've been doing you've been doing it very well but now you're you don't have as much capacity, right? And so you're looking for somebody to replace you while you can then focus on doing other things. And so you're trying to replace yourself. That's the typical best example where you want to use situational leadership for. Let's start off with step one. So step one is you and the individual first need to brainstorm and write down all tasks. This is a very important part because we're talking about taking on this entire role and what this means is you perhaps have some ideas around all the things that it involves but you also want to at least first of all find out where the individual thinks what they think are all the roles so if this person has been doing this part of this role already you could first you know do this separately and then come together and compare if you came up with a similar list that's always a good way of diagnosing before you're prescribing so this might also give you insight into how much they are aware of, of all the different responsibilities that they have. So it's an important step to, first of all, you and the individual first need to brainstorm and write down all the tasks and come together and then agree on a final list of what are all the tasks that are involved in this role or in this project or whatever it is that you want to delegate. That's the first step. So that's step one. Step two, have a clear competence criteria. 
What this means is that you and your direct report or direct reports both need to have the same expectation around what good looks like on each task. So earlier on, I talked about set clear goals, set clear expectations, how to run a team meeting. You see, in each task, you and your direct report or direct reports need to know what good looks like, right? So you need to have that as a criteria. Do you have a clear approach to how to set goals, for instance? Do you have an approach that will that you will expect, right, if they carried it out on your behalf on how to, for instance, run one-to-ones? Uh, are there specific questions that you always ask? Is there an approach that you want to cascade down within the whole organization that you want all your managers to do? That needs to be very clear. Well, there's the five steps of a framework that you use Everybody needs to know what that is and what that looks like. So you have to have that clear criteria that both of you agree on and you know what that looks like. Even if the person isn't performing at that level, they at least need to have an idea of what competent looks like in the task. So that's step two. Step three is then assess using a scale of one to four. This is where I'm simplifying things. Your direct report needs to rate him or herself on each task. And it will also be helpful if you also rate this person from what you've observed and what you know of them. But let me give you clarity around the rating score. Okay, so we're going to simply use one, two, three, four, right? So your direct report will rate themselves on a scale of one to four, one being a novice or in situational leadership language is called a D1, which is development level one. And this means that I don't really know how to do this task or at least uh, how you do it. Number two, which is I know a bit but still need help. This is development level two and then this means that I am beginning to get it but still need your help and suggestions and advice. While development level three or level three I can do it but still appreciate your oversight and this means that I am beginning to get good at this or it could even mean that other things are distracted me that's why I am no longer as good as it at it or it could mean I am so bored doing this. I've been doing it for so long. So development level three is always interesting because there are other factors that can be affecting the competency level. And that's normally the commitment is an issue, right? While development level four means that I can do this to the standard that you want and even perhaps take it to that next level. What you're going to need to do is ask your direct report to rate him or herself on that scale of one to four, while you should also rate them from what you know on a scale of one to four, obviously backing it with evidence based on what you've seen and what you've heard them say. That's step three, a vital part of this process. Now, step four is discuss and come to an agreement. So, what you're going to now do is come together and look at how you've scored them and they, you look at what they scored themselves as well. And then you're going to come to an agreement about what areas of difference. 
So if they scored themselves higher than you did, then you can always ask why. And then you can go back to the criteria. You see how this is working and ask if they think they're doing this at that level. And that's a rich conversation because either you might see things that you weren't seeing before or based on that conversation, they will realize that, yeah, okay, there's still areas of improvement. Now, if they scored themselves lower and you score them higher on that task, then this is also a great opportunity for you to give your reasons backed by your evidence of what you're seeing them do and what you're hearing them say. And you can, and that can actually be an encouraging conversation to have. But at the end of the process, you both need to agree on a final score for each task. That's step four. So what you now have is a clear picture of this individual where they are on their development level so that you can now work with them. So now if we can say, for instance, that in the areas they scored one, they will be considered to be at what's called development level one, obviously, and development level two is two, development level three is three, and development level four means that you don't need to get so much involved. And those are the tasks immediately, as I said, if you did that with your direct report today, you would know with clarity that these are areas that both of you can agree that you can delegate and you don't need to micromanage them at all in those areas. So this process, as you can see, it eliminates micromanagement and you now have the vital information to apply the right leadership style for the right situation. Now, I did say that this podcast is coming in two parts. So this is part one. In part two, we are going to now look at what you need to do, right, in your leadership approach based on this information. Now, what you can do between now and then is sit down with your team member and go through the process so that at the end you have clarity. And and what I want you to actually try this out is uh, ask them how this has helped. You know, Do this process with one direct report and simply just ask them how this has helped. And I would like you to email me or message me uh, because I'm sure that they're going to thank you. They're going to thank you for providing clarity. They're going to thank you for even just engaging with them at this level. And you'd see a difference in their approach. And you can email me at toye at businessleaderscoach.com. I'd love to hear what uh, they have to say. I, I know almost what they would say, but it would be great to, to reinforce this whole purpose of creating leaders that are leading at a different potential, at a different level. Because here's one of the things that I, my vision, you know, is that, you know, leaders get spoken about around the dining table and it's either positive or negative. And my goal with you is to make sure that it's positive. And having that kind of interaction with your direct report creates that kind of environment that we want to see. So, by the way, if you are also, you feel like this is something that you want your manager, you know, some of you might be 
in an office, in a team, and you feel like, well, this is what I want my manager, this is what I want my leader, this is what I want my CEO to use with me so that I can have this kind of clarity, why not share this episode with them? And then in part two, they can also see what they need to do to be able to make sure that they are leading and encouraging and reinforcing a lot of these good behaviors. So for now, this is Toyo Shambi for Business Leaders Coach. Please subscribe if you haven't already. You can like and share. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please rate and give a review. It will help more people find the show. In part two, I am going to give you step-by-step the leadership approach you need to use based on the four development levels of your direct report. So you can go to businessleaderscoach.com for slash situational leadership. You can also subscribe and see the image. But for now, this is Toyo Shinbi signing off. Speak to you soon.